Uh, anyway, moving on, because I'm not going to continue that. Let's talk about some gaming news for the week, starting with how the yeah. week started off, which was the Tokyo 2020 Olympics um, had an opening ceremony mm. full of video game music. So the music came from, are you looking at me right now, Carly? Am I not adorable? Hold on, I'm looking. Okay. Oh. I'm so cute, right? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> So uh, the music for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics came from Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, the Tales of series, Monster Hunter, Kingdom Hearts, thanks, <laughs> uh, Ace Combat, Chrono Trigger, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Near the Saga series, Soul Calibur, and some more that were in there. Um, some people were saying that, okay, some people were saying that, um, you know, this is just a wonderful distraction from the fact that uh, Tokyo has like the highest rate for COVID right now. And things are really, really bad because right outside of the Olympics, there were um, protests about the Olympics happening in Tokyo in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but we're talking about video game music. So yeah, it was cool. Any comments on that? No, I thought it was I thought it was awesome, and I'm while I give my comments, I'm also going to tie into what one of the other stories that we have on here. Yeah, mm -hmm. I wasn't real. I was really not expecting that at all. Like I, I knew that Tokyo 2020 was going to have some kind of like video game stuff because when Rio ended at their closing ceremony, they just straight up showed like uh, a guy coming out of a warp pipe, and then Mario and Doraemon were just right there. So I'm just like, okay, there's going to be some weave ass shit in this Olympics and, <laughs> and sure and, and you know sure enough when the when the parade day started they started with the freaking dragon quest theme I was like all right here we go let's go and then we got so all these different game musics I can't believe Chrono Trigger was among there I haven't played yeah Chrono it's so old love... but still so good right I, I haven't I haven't played Chrono Trigger myself but I've heard like a lot of the songs and that's that soundtrack is killer especially frog's theme that's just like uh um near was out there like freaking near the song of the ancients was there i was like that's but the best it's literally the same thing for me like i hadn't played sorry i hadn't played chrono trigger and i heard uh, it and i like really enjoyed that music and i was talking to a friend who was like yeah it's really cool that these game this game music still holds up oh yeah honestly and the last thing i'm going to say about like just general comments about the music was that it is so appropriate that at the freaking Olympics, one of the songs was Olympus Coliseum from Kingdom Hearts. From Kingdom Hearts, so like, yeah. <laughs> it's, and just a name, but name aside, it's just, the song was just so fitting as like the nations just walking in. It's just like, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. This is a song choice in that case. But if you don't mind, I'll use that as a transition to one of the other news Please. stories we have since it evolves. Yeah, yeah because uh, Nintendo, according to this report, was have their music there Wait, as well you just broke fact, up for me can you repeat that sure yeah nintendo was also to uh have music there as well <laughs> um they they according to reports that i've read we were supposed to get like music from mario legend of zelda a kirby medley and even pokemon music which totally tracks if, if you're gonna have nintendo music those are the four ones i guess you would pick yep um but yeah be, they they uh it was recently confirmed that their reasoning for dropping out was because, you know, there's protests of the Olympics in Tokyo. They pulled the people of Japan if they wanted to even do those Olympics. It was like 80% against the, the Olympics happening in Japan. So Nintendo was probably like, you know, maybe we probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> it's know? so interesting because this goes right back to what we were saying, right? Nintendo is always trying to do the right thing right now, yes. company-wise. Uh -huh. Like, they're adding inclusion. They're doing all of this. They see that people don't want this happening. They see the protests. They see what's going on. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, uh, uh, join this. But it's so interesting because I don't actually know, but it sounded like a lot of these were, you know, renditions um for the Olympics done by different, you know, uh, by whoever was hired at the Olympics to play the music. So sure. I'm always like, you know, I'm assuming that, you know, they came to Square Enix like, hey, can we get a license to play some of these songs on air, I guess. And they were probably just like, yes. So I, I, I wonder how much of that is really, you know, how much of that is really up to, you know, Square Enix versus, you know, the Olympics and what they decide to play. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's an interesting it, so, so, certainly, as far as the songs that did make it to the Olympics, 
the vast majority of it was Square Enix music. Like almost yeah. like half of those series was Square Enix music. And then just like a smattering of a few other companies got thrown in there as well. But yeah, certainly Nintendo's involvement was uh, definitely, supposedly they're all supposed to have, do something in the opening ceremony as well. There's supposed to be like some sort of presence there. That of course didn't happen just because, you know, Nintendo just wants to make sure that they're not part of like, because they know that the people in Japan just really don't want it. So they just didn't want to be, you know, it makes sense. It does make me lament what could have been. But I'm happy with what we did get because you know two best companies, Granix and Nintendo. Come on. Yeah, if, if they if they both would have been there, oh my god! But I'm happy. With Don't what come we got. for me. Oh. I was just saying. Uh, so speaking of Pokemon, there is a Pokemon live action series in the early development at Netflix from Lucifer's Joe Henderson. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. All I got to say about that is, in a world where Pokemon Detective Pikachu didn't come out. This would have scared the shit out of me, but I did really like Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It was a really good movie, actually. Yeah, uh, it was, it was great. I liked it. Surpri- it was surprisingly good take on the on a live action Pokemon. So yeah, I think a Netflix series could do pretty well with with the Pokemon if we have the same kind of care in the designs. It'll at least look good. As far as storyline, I'm just curious what uh, what it will end up being. I mean, obviously, if this is just announced now. This is probably still pretty far out. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how the final project goes, how many episodes it has, what they intend to adapt. Because Detective Pikachu was, of course, based on that same name game, game where it's yeah. like, yeah. So who knows what the Netflix series, it could be a completely original story. It could be based on the core series. It could be based on one of the multitude of spinoffs. There's really, it's Pokemon. The world is vast. There's a lot of lore with the associated with each individual Pokemon. They could literally do whatever and be fine. I've heard the most popular one I've heard has been if okay, this guy Lucifer has, has he, he's done like a lot of like serious like darker shows. I've heard some people throw out, oh, what if it's just about Looker from uh, the Diamond and Pearl games, and he's just like trying to solve international crimes with Pokemon by his side. I'm like, yeah, that that could work. I mean, I just like to say Lucifer isn't really a dark show, so. No, not Lucifer. No, not not Lucifer itself. I'm just talking about other shows. No, no, no. I know, I know. You're saying other shows. Uh, I'm just saying, like, because they use Lucifer, that one's not that dark. I think it is like a. It's more like a dramedy. Um, but let's stick to Nintendo. Digimon Survive has been delayed yet again. This time to 2022. That's from Nintendo Life. That that well, I mean Nintendo Life, but that's actually not a Nintendo game. I mean, I, I guess the, so. The, it doesn't the, matter. No, no, no. The website Nintendo Life, I'm saying, is our source. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Nintendo. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You okay? <laughs> now I hit my desk and my iPad, though. Ah, shit. I'll make, I'll, make, right. I'll make my thoughts. I'll make my thoughts on Digimon Story oh. really, really quick. Really mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, Um, I was really looking forward to this game. So this game got announced in 2018, and then got delayed to 2019, and then got delayed to 2020, and then to 2021. Uh, one of the one or two of those delays, of course, had to be had to do with, with COVID. COVID. But with this many, with many, with this many delays, they're they're probably really struggling to make this game. I'm gonna be real with you guys. This is a very ambitious game. Based on that very first trailer they showed, it's very Fire Emblem like. But they seem to want like who lives and who dies in each chapter matter more to like the overall story. Like I looked at the trailer and I was excited. I was like, can they do this? Like, are they? Are, is this team capable of making a game? this ambitious because it seemed like they had all these different cutscenes like they were showing like a cutscene like Agumon talking he's like I'll fight with you and then they showed like a different cutscene where Agumon wasn't there and there's like what how are you gonna do this? <laughs> is this did not like, doubt developers damn it they got this yeah I'm are just saying this is like this is like out. something way higher than they, they like I'm not saying the Digimon games have been bad far from it like Cyber Sleuth in particular was like a really good RPG but like this is like a strategy RPG with like all these like multiple choices. Like at the very least, it would take a long time. So even I was saying that one year might be too much. So I wasn't surprised with the first delay. I'm just saying that for it to go all the way to 22 now, 2022 is uh oh boy, I hope I hope they're doing okay. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm still looking forward to the game. I just you know I hope they they got their vision intact. So the last thing I will mention about Nintendo is that there's also an update coming for um Pokemon Snap. So Yay for anyone still playing Pokemon Snap. Uh, after Animal <laughs> Crossing. After oh my god, finally. Yeah. Thank you. I almost forgot. There's also finally yeah, a game Crossing. of the year. Although we don't know we don't know what's coming in that update. I don't think they haven't mentioned we don't the specifics know. yet. So you please know, so. have the roost. 
I want coffee in Animal Crossing. That's it's all. just, we know that it's coming, but we don't know what's coming in it. Uh, so there's that. Um, now, I, 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 I do to want to touch real quick. Like, I want to wild too. <laughs> I want to touch real quick on the new Pokemon Center. I don't have a lot to say about it. it look, it's new stages, day and night, new Pokemon to take pictures of. That's cool. One thing I will highlight though is that there's a, there's a mode that's being added to the game where you'll be able to go to certain levels in mini form. Like you're, you literally become sh- shrunken. And so you're taking pictures of all these normally small Pokemon, but now they're giant compared to you. That's kind of oh, cool. That's cool. I don't know how much that'll, I mean, if it's, if it, I don't know if that's applying to new stages or if it's old stages that where you can just do that. That'll be a fun gimmick for like a little while, but I, it's still cool nonetheless. Did you finish like, the game? New Pokemon Snap? No, I'm still working on it. Okay. Yeah. I, took I don't it right think now. I know anyone who actually finished it. No, it's oh not. It's God. not. A, it's not a game. I'm not in that a rush. It's a bad to... game. I don't. I'm not saying like it's a bad game. Don't get me. It's wrong. also not a game. Like... I'm in a rush to finish. Like it's not a game that I just like. I gotta finish. There's, there's not much of the story. It's just about you know. I feel like taking a few pictures of Pokemon today. I'm just gonna do it. It's something I check in every every few weeks or so. Um. So also another game delay was Kena Bridge of Spirits. One that I'm really looking forward to. That one was also delayed as well from their Twitter account until September 21st. So it's still coming out this year. But you know. Yeah. Just a, just a month delay. It's probably That's just delayed. to polish some stuff off. I know there were some people that were concerned about like obviously the visuals were never in question how good the game was going to look. It's just as far as like the actual <laughs> gameplay. This Ember Labs like first video game. They've done like a lot of animated projects. So I know there's concerns of whether or not the game would actually feel good. I think there's some playtesting that people are like, I don't know about this game. So if they're taking an extra month to like polish it up, you know, it can only make the game better. So still looking forward to Kina. Speaking of COVID, PAX West has officially announced that um, they are going to be requiring either, quote, a negative COVID-19 test or a vaccination to attend. Now, PAX East happened. A lot of people I saw were concerned because there were no mandates for uh, COVID safety for PAX East. PAX West is now going to be, like I mentioned, requiring a vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. How do you guys feel about that? It's a good safety measure for sure. It's a better than nothing for for damn sure. Like, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about going to any kind of convention. I think this will really allay a lot of fears because, you know, it's just safer to... Uh, regulate those kind of things so that's cool i know a lot of these places are trying to get like money back and trying to you know recoup from the last covid year but i don't think this should be happening especially with the way cases are back up on the right like i'm sorry but going to a convention and knowing everyone there has a you know is either tested negative or has a vaccine is not going to make me feel any safer at this point just because things are like picking up dramatically again now i think that That's just be- yeah i think that just because we it really sucks because the people that are willing to get vaccinated and get a negative covid test have done what they needed to do to try to get us back to normal And I think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to go to a convention and get things back to normal. Um, I want to, like, I got my vaccination. Um, I I haven't done anything for the past year. I work from home. Um, The only thing that I have a problem with is people that aren't willing to do it. And therefore, that's why we're seeing a surge again. That's why we're doing all this. I don't want to make this about, like, people (laughs) refusing to get vaccines, but, like, we could just be at conventions doing this. We could just be here having fun again, but we can't because people are really selfish and really stupid, let's be real. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wishful thinking, I want it to happen. The vaccines and the negative COVID tests are safety measures, but like, I don't know if it will be safe. Um, I don't know when this is supposed to be happening. By next year, I'd probably be interested, but but the okay, this yeah. year, I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> that, that little break we were waiting for you like, to give space. Sorry, I'm going to New Sleeps. I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't fucking know. It's sometime this year. Is it this it's year? Coming. Okay, then I'm, I, yeah. it's this year. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I'm vaccinated, so I'm not necessarily scared. But with the surge of you know new cases and stuff, it's like this is 
probably just a bad time for this to be happening. I want things to get back to normal. And like I said, I'm pretty sure all of us have our vaccines. We're doing everything that we can to like Mm -hmm. get things back to normal because we care about others besides ourselves. But I'm going to be honest. I got the vaccine 100% for myself. I mean, but that also <laughs> is like you inadvertently caring about everyone else, right? Like you, you're doing oh, it for yeah, you, course, but you're yeah, also course, helping everyone yeah. else at the same time. Um, so the yeah. PS5 has sold 10 million copies, uh, even yeah. though you know people still are, are unable to get one. It's technically it's sold crazy that consoles. it's crazy that five million are in some dude's house right now. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, if I was like, I guarantee you 50% of that was scalpers. Five million are listed on eBay currently (laughs) at this very moment. Um, so also, not only that, but let's continue to talk about PlayStation a little bit. Um, the ex PlayStation boss Sean Layden bemoans consolidation effect on diversity in smaller games. This is from GameSpot.com. Uh, everybody remembers, hopefully, Sean Layden. He, um, yeah he's the former playstation executive um ex-playstation boss as it says this is written by james carr and it says um sean layden said that the rising costs of game development are leading to consolidation and a lack of diversity in an interview with gamesindustry.biz layden said that the increased cost of game development are not sustainable especially since the number of people who own consoles today is roughly the same as in the late 1990s about 240 to 260 million Layden gave the interview after joining the advisory board for Streamline Media Group, where he will help provide strategy for both games and business. He said instead of increasing the audience size, the industry has just gotten people to spend more money on games. Uh, Layden said the smaller studios will soon get priced out of making games. This isn't the first time Layden has said that the cost of game development is ballooning in an unsubstantiable, unsustainable excuse me, way. Uh, here's a quote. With each console generation, the cost of games goes up two times. So PS four games were 100 million to 150 million so it stands to reason that ps5 games when they hit their stride will be in excess of 200 million um, it's going to be very difficult for more than a handful of large players to compete in that space laden went on to say that because of these rising costs smaller companies will be absorbed into larger ones limiting the amount of diversity in the games industry and i just want to say it's very interesting because that's literally what we're seeing right now right playstation and xbox are buying a lot of these smaller companies um because they can't afford to continue to make games on a certain scale, according mm-hmm. to Sean Layden. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, one of the reasons that we see this happening. And um, the question, though, is, is his statement true? Are they losing some of their freedom because of, um, you know, being bought out by uh, larger studios? Like, we don't know, obviously, we don't know how much Xbox is allowing these people to work on their own games. We don't know how much PlayStation is doing it. But it's a really interesting um it's a really interesting comment. Um, is there anything you guys like to add on that? How do you feel about that? Thinking about the statements that he says, yeah, there's there's a there's a certain lot of truth to his statements, but it's also just a tad short-sighted if I'm the, if I'm being honest. Um, he's certainly right that if you're, that if you wanted to make like a triple A game or even like a double A game or whatever that would be considered, it's gonna get harder and harder to do that if you're just by yourself. So we are seeing that with like our companies getting bought out these days, though you know it's not necessarily only those kind of games that can exist. You know, we see like independent games still thriving and surviving because they are doing like the new ideas. I don't necessarily think that as long as games though, like those exist, like, you know, his statement of like, you know, games literally costed out of being development. I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to certainly hurt the vision of certain games, certainly, but games that, you know, don't that like this amount of money won't just die like that just because, you know, it's just going to be harder to do. And also his statement about like, um, you know, uh, gamers just like spending more money as it's, it's certainly true because more and more companies are finding ways to, you know, have you spend a $60 and then have you spend more either via DLC or microtransactions or what have you to, uh, you know, help keep the cost of game development uh, sustainable in a, in a direction where it's not becoming less sustainable and yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see that as well. So as for indie developers, uh, he said, as for indie developers, which don't spend okay. hundreds of millions on development, he said that they face different challenges. He said that indie developers need to constantly look for funding in order to support their projects with mm-hmm. publishers holding this power over their heads. Indie developers are creatively restricted without funding, but have to present creative ideas in order to get funding. Sure. 
That does make sense. Uh, oh, and so I, he said, how do we create an entryway for bona fide talent, interesting people who wish to break into interactive entertainment, but don't have the ability to surmount that giant financial hurdle. And it's getting mm-hmm. higher and higher all the time. And the creator's ability to influence that outcome is becoming weaker and weaker. Right. And I 100% agree with everything you said. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with what he's saying, but it's funny because like one of the mo- really most popular games that came out, I wrote an article on it, Phasmophobia, one person developed that game one person and it like took steam by storm i mean they Mm -hmm. had so many people playing it was super popular like but that is like the one game exactly that's what i was gonna say nobody else like there's a couple of other smaller teams um but among us yeah uh, but like are like Among Us was like super popular, but I'm thinking of even like smaller indie games like Labyrinthine and like Phasmophobia that like me and my friends play because we play horror Dead games. Dead by Daylight is another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, behavior was like put on the map by Dead by Daylight. Really, um, mm-hmm. it's still possible, but like we can list them all on like one hand. And to be honest, yeah. why are they all survival horror games? <laughs> There's like a there- huge market. It's because they're great for watching, right? Like they the are, yeah. only thing we can say about all of these is that streamers have made them what they are. So like the thing though I is that you them. still need funding to make these games, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. if you want to have a game that's going to be great and you have Microsoft like, hey, we'll buy you and you can make this game. But if you do it, you have to do it our way. That's a risk that you're either willing or not willing to take. And yeah. if your game doesn't catch on through Twitch or through some big streamer, how much did you lose from it, right? I, I think he's yeah. I think he's completely correct in everything. And I think there should be, you know, a way that we can allow people to do these things without having to circumvent their ideas, right? Like I can have a great idea, but if I don't have the funding for it, right? Like what am I yeah. supposed to do? Do you know how much HP critical costs people? Yeah. I thought it was a great idea until I found out how much that shit costs. And I can't even imagine like a game like Dead by Daylight not existing now. Like it's so popular and it has been for so long. Like what if those couldn't get the funding? What if they just couldn't yeah. like that would be and they never that would be terrible. Game. Travesty! Like it's like such a popular game. I mean, the people that play it are super toxic, uh, but um, still a great piece of like gaming history. I think. I mean, it would be crazy if they never like it never existed. I would hate the that. Only thing I will say that I just dis- uh, the only thing that would make me disagree with him actually is the Steam Deck coming. I think that is going to be. Uh, kind of disagree with him is because that makes it much more accessible i think for a lot of people like me who doesn't play on pc to be able to play a bunch of indie games for super cheap on steam um i think that will allow you know a bigger audience to to be able to play some games that they might have missed and i'm just talking about my own personal experience because that's gonna be me because i have a pretty decent steam library i just don't play on it because i want to play on my pc um so that'll be interesting to see what that changes one more thing that sean Layden said that i want to talk about before we move on is and i quote people don't buy consoles because they want more steel and plastic in the living room people buy consoles because they want access to the content if you can find a way to get that content into people's homes without a box then yes indeed everyone has a streaming solution of some sort most of it is limited by whether you have a decent internet connection and they haven't constructed the business model that works yet for that. It's very hard to launch a $120 million game on a subscription service charging $9.99 a month. You penciled it out, you're gonna have to have 500 million subscribers before you start to recoup your investment. That's why right now you need to take a loss leading position to try to grow that base. But still, if you have only 250 million consoles out there, you're not gonna get half a billion subscribers. So how do you circle that square? Nobody's figured that out yet. So what is the answer? It comes back to diversity. Gaming is reaching the end of its second epoch, which has uh, which was the last 25 to 30 years of consoles everywhere. So I wanted to bring that last piece up because I thought that was very interesting because it reminded me of what essentially Xbox is doing with game pass right they're essentially mm-hmm. losing money because they still don't have enough subscribers to recoup that cost and yet game pass is so successful uh you know you think about something like world of work after final fantasy 14 and it's to a point where you know i think there's like millions of players still but we don't even know how much money you know the, these these games are actually making and whether it's even worth the business investment so i think he's got a point people want to play new diverse things right we don't want to keep well I am actually just going to shut up because I've been proven wrong 
quite often and move on unless there's anything you guys want to say about that i was gonna say people don't want to keep playing the same thing and yet nba 2k22 comes out and call of duty x again yeah they sell, and, they'll you know, sell annually like <laughs> Assassin's they have their Creed comes out again and like yeah so that's why i was like okay maybe. um yeah scarlett johansson i have i feel a type of way about her it's not positive uh, but it's not about how I feel about her. It's about how you guys are going to answer my question about her. So Scarlett Johansson sues Disney over Black Widow streaming release, and Disney has responded. Um, this is from GameSpot.com. Essentially, I'm going to sum this up really quick. Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, is suing Disney because she said in her contract, it was an exclusive contract that said it was going to be, uh, Black Widow was going to be released um, as a theatrical-only release. And what she's saying is because Disney placed it on Disney Plus early or same day release or whatever it was, um, I'm pretty sure it was same day release, because Disney yeah. placed this um, movie same day release on Disney Plus, um, that meant that she did not get as much money as she would have had this come out in a theatrical release. And part of her contract is that she gets paid um, extra money based on how a movie does um, in theaters. And because it was also released at home, that meant that she didn't get as money as she felt like she would have gotten had it only been a release on um, in theaters. Make sense so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. That is uh, essentially Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. Um, and, and basically it boils down to her saying, hey, a part of my contract said that this was only going to be a theatrical release. You guys lied. Um, and that's not okay. Now, will that get her extra money in the end? Yeah, sure. But her, her main complaint is that her uh, Disney broke their contract, right? Uh, so Disney has responded. Um, and they said that there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The, this is a quote. There's no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sorry, I'm really trying not to laugh here. Uh, further, the statement says the company has upheld its end of the contract while noting the actress has already received $20 million for her role in the film, adding that the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the 20 million she has received to date. Let's talk. I Someone... just love how they put her on like blast. Like, they oh, I guess literally... you care yes. about people with COVID. I guess you don't care. You already got 20 million, bitch. And also what I just, first of all, they put her on blast. But like, who has the audacity besides Scarlett Johansson? How are you going to be like the least like interesting person in the entire MCU? Oh, that's, hold on. That's bullshit because Hawkeye is standing right there. Let's let's. I mean, calm to be honest, okay, one. okay, fair. He They're can at par. least do something. She just fucking punches people. He can shoot a bow and arrow at least. Like, okay, it's a skill. He can shoot a gun. <laughs> Got her cool wrist rocket too. I, I guess. Yeah, she has so much more than just punching <laughs> people. She's trash. Okay, she's trash. She's trash. I'm not saying she's, she's great, trash. but she's not the most useless she one. Trash. Bro, any of you could replace her. No, actually, I can't. No, I, can't. I, I can't move in heels like that. In my opinion, she's the most least interesting person that ever mm -hmm. existed mm -hmm. in the MCU. Let's well, alert. When she died, okay. I was like, oh my God, finally. She's so annoying. Like, okay, yeah, no one like, whatever. They, she was just literally eye candy. Like, seriously. Yeah, pretty much. In a tight suit. Like, mm -hmm. So, like, to make a movie about her, first of all, it's so late because everyone's, like, so over the Avengers. Like, okay, and you're worried about making more than $20 million? You think somebody's going to go see your fucking movie? I'm not. <laughs> I love that this is a Kelly rant on how much she dislikes Black Widow. I love it. I'm here for it. Like, uh, like you literally have her fighting next to people with superpowers. Next mm -hmm. to people like Thor. Oh, God. Thor with a hammer. He's literally a god. And she's like, psh, psh, got my gun. Like, okay. She's like punching and shooting like a gun. Like, uh, okay. We're going to pretend this is making sense. And all right, you get a movie now. I don't get it. Whatever. You know, I, I agree with you, Kelly. I love that they put her on blast for this because it, 
honestly, I understand if I'm going to, if I'm going to sue, it's because, Hey, you guys said you were going to do this one thing. It's a part of my contract. You didn't do it. But also like, we didn't know how much money you were making lady. Like they just told everybody you just made $20 million. And technically they're not wrong because that was a Disney plus, um, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, premier access. Premier so people have to yeah. pay yeah. extra money to they see that. To so it's not like, yeah, it, you have to pay extra money on top of your Disney subscription. So it's not like people aren't paying extra to see your film. Like not only are you, and, and they're right. Like essentially at home is easier to see like it's much easier to log into disney plus see the thing there pay an extra fee and see this movie than it is to gather the family or friends together and go to a theater during covid so like they're not even wrong like they're essentially it's it's better marketing for her uh, there's better marketing by placing it in people's homes than there is by forcing people to go to a theater and you just got paid 20 million dollars to i'm not gonna i'm this is not to you know demean actors or anything but in the middle of a pandemic you got paid 20 million dollars and you're probably going to get more at the end of the day when we see how many people have paid premiere access to watch this at home plus like gabe was mentioning you did pretty darn good at the box office correct am i wrong yeah it's the best best covid box office uh premiere you got so you're gonna get more money because you had a decent COVID box office premiere, the best one. So you're gonna get more money. To me, this is just the, the Apple and Epic lawsuit. This is rich people wanting more money. Like yeah. it's not like you didn't get paid for the job, and it's not like you're not gonna get more. You're. I think her lawsuit is premature. I well, think you yeah. wait and, and see. And to be honest, like, okay, you should wait and see. But also, like, the people that are gonna go to the theater have gone or are gonna go like it being on disney plus is not like hindering them i don't think from going to be honest like if you're gonna go see a movie you're gonna go see a movie why anyone would go see black widow i don't understand leave a comment i don't get it now i will say I will also say that according to this article, um, the decision to not renegotiate, because they did not renegotiate, the decision to not renegotiate could end up costing Scarlett Johansson over $50 million. So yes. um, <laughs> money. Says, we totally understand that Scarlett's willingness to do the film and her whole deal is based on the premise that the film would be widely theatrically released like our other pictures. We understand that should the plan change, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. Um, so of course, this is why she's there, right? Her deal for this movie was like, I am going to make money based on box office bonuses aside from the 20 million that I signed on to make this movie. Um, and it could cost me $50 million. Now $50 million is not a tiny penny to be missing. So I low-key understand wanting to sue because it's $50 million, but also that's not guaranteed. Um, and I also think, you know, Disney called her out and I'm kind of on Disney's side with this. Like you have to handle these things the right way. And I don't think that this was handled the right way. And I feel like when someone receives, like when Disney receives a lawsuit because you, you did a contracted job that you got paid for and you're waiting for bonuses and you're suing us now, well, now we're going to make you look bad. And I think that's exactly what they did. And for the public, it's like, we're not getting $20 million to be in movies, right? Just, like we're not missing yeah. 50 million. What? I just think the devil works hard, but Disney's PR team works this, harder. Oh like, my God. Literally. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, uh, during this, article says during its opening weekend black widow earned 80 million dollars at the domestic box office along with an additional 60 million dollars in premiere access sales that is 80 million plus 60 million they wouldn't have gotten had they not put this on premiere access right like we don't know that more people would have gone to the theater if it weren't there like like kelly said the people who wanted to go to a theater to see it went to a theater to see it right it doesn't mean that if it's on premiere access that more people are going to go to theaters. It could mean that, or it could mean that you would have lost $60 million had it not been put on premiere access. Anyway, Brandon, Gabe. Yeah. Um, so first off, I'm just going to preface this by saying, I don't think there's a high chance that this lawsuit even goes to court. I feel like they'll, they'll probably just settle this out of court in some way. Now, as far as like the actual breach of, we're, we're, we're seeing a very, like he says, she says kind of thing going on right now because <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson is asserting that her contract was breached, whereas Disney said that certainly nothing, that, that nothing of theirs is breached right now. 
I don't know who's telling the truth here. The like, if if we're just, like, I, I'm it's purely objective. I'm not even going my opinions about the characters, movies, whatever. I'm just talking objectively of like the law. If if it really stipulated that she was only supposed to be like, um, this is only supposed. By the way, before I even get into that, that's why this movie took so long to come out in any state because you know it's supposed to come out last year, and people were just like, when it wasn't coming out. There are people yelling, just put it on Disney Plus or whatever. Well, now we know why. If there was this contract in place, then they couldn't. They literally legally couldn't do it. So, but now we're in 2021. The movie has finally come out. It came out in both theaters and Disney Plus with the premiere access thing. And yeah, if she's get if she's getting money from the Disney uh, the Disney Plus premiere access money as well, as well as the box office numbers. Then I legit don't know what the fuck she's. Why she's doing about. this exactly? Like <laughs> I don't think I honestly. That's why I said I think this is premature. I don't think she knows how yeah. much revenue this Disney Plus uh, premiere access is gaining. Right, that's only twenty million dollars less than theater releases. And if you're getting money from both of yeah. that plus the twenty million that you made from just doing the movie, like girl, you just want money. And like I understand. I'm I completely understand that this is a part of your contract and you were expecting like you're missing 50 million like that's not yeah. a little bit of money um, but also uh something else that i didn't mention which i should mention now is that her legal document also talks about how millions of others who would have watched in theaters will instead view the picture on perfect digital pirate pirated copies all made possible by Disney's decision to release the picture day and date on Disney+. Plus. Um, indeed, Black Widow was the number one pirated title of the July 19 week per the news site Torrent Freak. So her lawsuit is also that like, hey, you guys also put it on here and now more people are going to pirate it and not pay for it. So that's also revenue that I won't, won't be making because of your decision. Yeah, but I Torrance mean, people was going to do Tor that anyway, girl. That's exactly like, what I was going to say. Torrance like, it might be better now. Regardless of whether a movie goes on streaming or not, that's not, that didn't suddenly uh, it get created just because your movie also went to a streaming service. That's foolish. But it's but it's everything that I'm saying right now about, like you said, the, the, the lawsuit's premature, how I don't think she knows. That's why I think this whole shit's going to get settled out of court because, like, eventually it's going to come to light where once where she's probably gonna realize that you know maybe the she's gonna make money or she realized that this is not good she's not gonna win what have you either way they're gonna come to some kind of agreement and this is just we're, this thing we're talking about it's gonna be like forgotten because i don't think it's gonna just i don't think it's gonna go that far it's just and again like you said it's like the apple versus epic thing it's like it's like two rich people just want the money i'm just like Am I supposed to care about this? Like elite, the law's gonna law, whatever. If, she, if if there was a breach of contract and she wins, great. If she didn't and she loses, whatever. Law's gonna law. I don't give a fuck. If I'm being perfectly honest, I like whatever. She gets her money or they get their money. I don't care. I went to the movie. It was fine, and that's pretty much my whole thing about it. They can do whatever they want at this point. I was laughing because can you imagine like she goes to court and they settle and then it turns out she would have gotten much more money later on because of like the amount of money that Disney Plus Premier Access made and they're like well fuck you now we're not right. giving you any of this because you didn't want this and like she loses out on money I think that would be ironical. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Be like, hilarious. yeah. Like, you didn't want and, to like then you Disney don't Plus get Plus? invited then you don't get invited to come back to any Avengers stuff in the future. Like, Well I mean she died like so yeah, yeah, she was. I don't yeah, think she was anyway. This is okay, probably prequels her... exist. I this mean, is true. Yeah. The prequel. Now, honestly, that was I guess the this prequel. is probably her last payday. Then. Yeah, that's probably okay. why she's like. Why not? <laughs> like, you might as well go all out and get your money, girl. It's your last movie. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, did you want to add anything? I know you hate us. Oh uh, yeah, I did. Um, well, one, this is why contracts are important. You should always read through your contract. And then numero dos, she's not the first person to have a problem with Disney. About um, Disney's trash. About, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but what's the point with with the with the premiere access thing? I actually believe I'm not. I don't think it was Kevin Feige or Feige, whatever his name is, the head of Marvel. But it was. I think it was one of the directors of Black Widow when they found out that it was being put on Disney Plus. So like, wait, no, this wasn't the agreement. This isn't what we, you know, all talked yeah. about and stuff. So mm -hmm. not very surprised that the main, the lead actor came out. Was like, hey, it's not what that says. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that was the case for a lot of movies, like not just Disney Plus, but HBO Max movies. There was some, there was some mm-hmm. disagreements with that too. That was a, that was a buzz for a little bit. I want to also say that Disney's trash. I said it before, Disney's trash. So I'm not technically pro Disney here either, right? Like I think it's fucked up to fuck up someone's contract in a way, and of course she has every right to sue. Um, but also, it's just funny because Disney made her look bad, even if she's right. Like it doesn't even matter at this point because sometimes uh public opinion and perception is more important than you know whatever this lawsuit is because at the end of the day this is going to affect scarlet's career essentially right because if you look like a uh, if you look like an actor who's making 20 million who's set to make more but is complaining because they're not making enough um you know the general public can essentially turn on you based on that and that will affect your career in the future how would it affect her career she takes every role they're like we need a chinese woman she's like that's why i have a problem with her already they're like (laughs) we need this diverse cast oh scarjo's there oh she'll take it that's why i have a problem with her already and you know what you're right it's not gonna affect her because she's gonna all the dude bros are gonna go watch her movies anyway I just thought it was funny that people are now probably like sticking up for her when like months ago when she was taking roles from other people, they were like, oh, she's so terrible, blah, blah, blah. But now like, oh, well, if it's in her contract, like <laughs> taking roles from marginalized people constantly, I don't give a fuck uh, yeah, what happens yeah, yeah. to her. Like, Yeah, okay. I'm not a ScarJo fan because of that specifically. Um, so Call of Duty, Last of Us, God of War, really big names right uh Uh developers from those have set up a new triple a studio that called that's no moon it's working on a single player action adventure title with a hundred million dollars of investment uh so developers from the teams behind the last of us call of duty modern warfare god of war destiny and more have come together to form that's no moon a new studio working on a single player third person action adventure game and backed with a hundred million dollar investment as announced in a press release that's no moon comes with a huge triple a pedigree with many of its senior figures coming from a background at playstation studios uh michael mumbauer former head of playstation's visual arts group uh is CEO and Tina Kowaleski, former head, formerly head of product development at Sony Santa Monica, is chief strategy officer. Although details are scant, the studio's first game will be an ambitious new action adventure game that will push the limits of both gameplay and story. Taylor Kurosaki will serve as corrective director and Jacob Minkoff will be game director. The duo previously worked together at Infinity Ward and Naughty Dog on Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and The Last of Us. That's No Moon says the wider development team's credits include God of War, Fortnite, The Last of Us Part Two, Destiny, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and many more. They've received a $100 million investment from Smilegate, creator of the Crossfire series, never heard of it, um, which will also be acting in a partnership role. The partnership aims to create new experiences that will inspire empathy and deeper personal connections with players around the world. Interestingly, while the studio is working on a game, the announcement press releases mentions that That's No Moon rests at the intersection of games, film, and TV, although it's not clear if that's a creative philosophy or representative of the actual kinds of projects it aims to work on. Um, That's No Moon, uh, you know, I, I brought this up because this is literally what Sean Layden was talking about, right? Like yeah. you have people that want to make a, a really cool game. And these people are not new to the industry. Like they're industry heads. They're able to come together and get a hundred million dollar investment to make a AAA title on their brand new studio. Like what the fuck? Like how does this happen? That's what happens when you're a part of the industry. Uh, anybody yeah. have any comments on that? I just think it's funny because we just talked about someone suing Disney. Now I can imagine Disney suing them for using that's no moon. What like Why? it's a it's a quote from Star Wars. Like you can't oh, is can it? you pat yeah. yes, that's, yeah, that's no that's moon awesome. when they see the Death Star, like are you allowed to use that? Like I'm yeah, not apparently. sure. Like I hope, because I can only imagine if Disney's like, you know what? No, not happening. $100 million, <laughs> I guess you're giving that to us. Like, I can only imagine. see them for $100 million, and now they have imagine? no money. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but this would be a really <laughs> cool idea, um, actually. I mean, some of these people getting together. But, yeah, I mean, they're taking $100 million that indie games can't get. So, thanks. Hey, indie games don't need it. They're they're good on their they own. Don't. Honestly, didn't Infinity Ward do a uh, stupid uh, Infinite Warfare, and that was just like, I don't you know? remember. 
Go on. I mean, you might be right. Who knows? The last thing I want to talk about is that uh, the PS5 update has now added uh, SSD support. So you can now install a oh, new good. SSD into your PlayStation 5. It also comes with 3D audio sound for TV speakers, new trophy trackers, and much more. There's an article at Game Informer that you can check out for that. Um, the, I've been seeing some things about uh, how you install the SSD on a PlayStation 5 and how you install extra storage on the Xbox. We all know you buy the little Seagate, if you don't know, you buy the little Seagate uh, specific Microsoft Seagate extension tab, whatever the fuck it's called. You pop it into the back of the Xbox and that's it. For the PlayStation 5, you have to open the PlayStation 5 up, unscrew the area, install an SSD that you have to buy separately um, and then screw it back on, cover the faceplate, etc. It's much more, you know, it, it, integral uh, uh difficult rather i guess uh, it's much more involved than just sticking a slot into the back of the xbox mm. um and people have been complaining about it if i can do it i think anyone can do it and i don't do anything because i'm a lazy fuck so um uh, that's not true i do a lot that's not true i should not say that about myself anyway um how do you guys feel about the comparison of how these two are done and do you think it's fair to compare them also to note, the Seagate one, if I'm not mistaken, has to be purchased specifically for Xbox, whereas the SSD that you're installing in the PlayStation can literally bought, be bought from anywhere and be any size, and you can spend whatever amount of money you want to install it. Um, uh, you know, I know Kelly goes on PC, so maybe she can, you know, attest to how installing an SSD is. I know that Brandon and Gabe, you guys have a PS5. Um, I, I don't know if it'd be something that you'd be interested in doing. Um, tell me your feelings. Hasn't really been an issue for me personally getting a new SSD. It may be something to look into in the future. Um, it is a bit discouraging to find out that it's probably not the easiest to set up, but uh, it's something I, I really needed. I mean, I'd figure it out. It's like, you know, these things do come with like directions. I, I feel like if like something, if something comes with directions, you could probably figure it out. Like um, the one of the, one of the rougher ones for me was I remember with the, uh, new nintendo 3ds if you wanted to like change your sd card you had to like literally like get oh like a screwdriver God. to take the back out and then like like put it in that was i can't believe they required you to do that just to like switch your sd card it was it was crazy it's funny um maybe the ps5 has a similar thing i haven't really looked, looked into it deeply but like if it does it's require very that, simple literally okay i'm gonna try to explain it to you you know how okay. you can pop off the face plates of the ps5 sure you literally take off the faceplate. There's a little slot right next to the fan. Um, excuse me, <clears throat> right next to the fan. You unscrew the, the 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 panel. You stick your SSD in there. You screw the SSD in. You screw the panel back on, and you pop the faceplate on there. It's really sound, not that, that difficult. That doesn't sound nearly as difficult. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's more than I think of the average person would want to do. As opposed, that to is fair. Game. Yes, I agree. As opposed, as opposed to you know just literally just sticking it in USB. yeah yeah but but still it's not nearly as it's obviously not as hard as the one the most annoying one i've done so there you go i guess it's a nice little medium ground but uh i mean if it's something you really want it's it's again you know, you'll make the effort if it's something you really want if you don't you don't it's, i don't think it it's a big deal so to me i think it's not a big deal because one that saves me from buying a PS, like you know, say along the lines, they decided to come up with a PS5 that has two terabytes of memory. It's going to save me from what? That probably cost $1,000. So that saved me from that. And then two, I was going to say that if I wanted more storage, I would just connect um, an external hard drive. But having the SSD does allow you, because um, you can't play PS5 games off the external hard drive. I don't know if people were aware of that, but um, you can only play PS4 games off the, the external hard drive. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing, like, but again, yeah, like, it's not that hard of a task. If PS5 was the update, you know, I feel like that's one of the things they shouldn't have been focusing on because they have so much more to update on, but I'm not going to talk about that because that's a whole other angry spiel. But, and then when it comes to Xbox and, 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 and PS5 and the ways they do it, I mean, yeah, I'm, I know there's those Xbox people that are like, oh, you guys got to do all that work just to get more memory all you gotta do is do this but like you also gotta remember it's like Jarrell said you have to buy a specific one we can buy whatever the fuck we want so there's its pro pros and its cons on doing one on, uh, on adding the ssd on each mm -hmm. 
Um, so also, like I mentioned, they're uh, also making it easier to see uh, in console on the library distinctly which titles are for PS5 and which titles are for PS4. Um, they're also tweaking the control center. Uh, they're including more ways to personalize controls and message friends from the game base. The friends tab in the game base is also getting a few uh, UI tweaks, making it easier to see who's online. There's a new trophy tracker um, that is going to also have added change. It's a substantial update. Um, they also do mention know that um, using an M2 does have the potential to overheat a PS5 and M.2. I don't know you guys if you guys know what that is. Uh, using an M2 SSD mm -hmm. with your PS5 console requires effective heat dis dissipation with a cooling structure such as a heat sink. You can attach one to your M2 SSD yourself, either in a single-sided format or double-sided format. So that is something that you, know, you would have to uh, be knowledgeable about knowledgeable about and not something you'd have to deal with on an xbox to be fair um but yeah kelly i mean you you use pcs uh do you have how do you feel about hearing this um i mean i don't it doesn't really affect me i mean i haven't really thought about needing more memory because pcs come with a lot so okay Fair enough. Um, the, the other thing that I will say based on what Gabe said was that um, I didn't know that you could not play. I think I had heard before, but I didn't remember that you couldn't play uh, PS5 games off of an external hard uh, drive. Or, But you can you can do it from an SSD, correct? Yeah, because SSD is internal storage. And so doesn't that make it like, I don't know, but wouldn't this make it a uh, better performance, like easier to load up, quicker oh, to play through? Like, yeah everything is yeah. just going to be better when you have it on an internal storage right 100 and then that yeah. that seagate is what is that is that an is that also that's i guess it's external hard drive that you input not a part of the ssd i don't know Wait, what uh for xbox the seagate terabyte that you plug yeah, in yeah i don't know Te technically to me that sounds external because again it's not because you can just take it out console. and plug it in yeah. And, yeah yeah so i don't know if games would run but, oh, the same you know, way xbox, xbox xbox is the power console we're so much more powerful than the ps5 okay Back well i wasn't Sorry. going okay i wasn't going there oh, all right um and with that i think that's a, i think we're gonna end uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to um pipe up about before we uh wrap this baby up this was a long one thanks for hanging out for everybody who is hey you know what i'm gonna yeah. hype up i'm gonna hype up the people who listened all the way to the end you guys are great we had a we talked we talked some heavy stuff we talked some light stuff and we talked about it a lot but you guys mm -hmm. stuck with us then and we love you thank you so much I don't know about love. I don't know that. Yeah, I love the song. Yeah, I love you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love everyone who listens because uh, we appreciate it. Honestly, we come here every week and, you know, we talk for hours and we appreciate everyone who's uh, hanging out with us. So thank you. For real, for real. Much love. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Take care. Good night. Bye.